Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello. This is Leif, and I just wanted to say welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. I wanted to take a few moments today and reflect over something that has just been burning in my spirit. Uh, a few days ago, I was sitting with a new friend who actually spent over 30 years in Indonesia. And we were just talking about, uh, he, he was asking me the question. He says, in your reflection, as you have traveled for 27 years in the Muslim world, he said, have you noticed that so many of the Muslims that is meeting Jesus, where the man in the white appears to them? Or, I remember the first time in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, that we were just uh, doing an event, and the first one that ran to the altar call, when we heard his testimony, this man in white appeared and told him to come to this event. So here it is that Jesus himself appears to a Muslim while he's sitting and reading and studying and memorizing the Al-Quran, their holy book, and tells this person who Jesus is. And he comes to the meeting. But when he comes to the meeting, he surrendered to Jesus, received Jesus. But the next thing Jesus does is give him a vision of the Father. So my friend from Indonesia, he was just telling me, he said, well, we have thousands and thousands of people that are receiving Jesus, but the uniqueness when they have these encounters or experiences, either directly or indirectly, the next thing that Jesus does is introduce them to the Father. So when you talk about Jesus, you can definitely see something glowing in the eyes. But when you're talking about Papa, talking about the Father, and there's a reason for that, because today, there is 1.8 billion Muslims in the world. And you could divide that into two different groups. I'm just going to give us a little bit global mission awareness today, <laughs> meaning an awareness of what is happening and what is our global mission in the middle of it. I'm going back to some of the basics, why we're doing what we're doing, why I'm waking up in the morning with purpose and passion to be able to know, even from a biblically, and going back to the foundation of why Ishmael? Why is there a cry of Ishmael? And who was Ishmael? And what is so significant with the cry of Ishmael in the time that we're living in? This is some of those questions that we need to be able to answer in a clear way. So anyway, so the story is that uh, if we're going all the way back, Abraham, who is the father of, uh, actually to some degree, is the father of all three faiths, both Judaism, as well as eventually Christianity came from that, but also of Islam. We know that Abraham, before his name was Abram, and had a wife named Sarah, and she was not able to conceive. Eventually, God says, I am going to give you a son. When she was not able to, we know the story, Abraham kind of helped God, ended up with Hagar, and the byproduct of that, he was giving him a son named Ishmael. First of all, it's important to know that Ishmael is a son of Abraham. So he was a son of Abraham. Abraham, the father of the faith, is actually the father of Ishmael. The name Ishmael means God hears. This is very, very important. God hears. Ishmael is the first person that in the whole Bible that God gave the name before he was born. 
This is called the first thing first principle, that you can see a pattern on why God is doing what he is doing. By looking at the beginning and you set a pattern throughout scripture verses of what God wants to do. So Ishmael, as I'm saying that this, this boy, mama herself was not able to. And years went along and eventually knowing that Hagar, Hagar was the mama, but Abraham was the father. And he was probably about 14 or 15 years old when the time came in and eventually we know that Isaac was born. It was supernatural. Uh, but that doesn't mean that God disliked Ishmael. He, he actually loved Ishmael. And every scripture verses that I'm reading about Ishmael, you can see God's favor. He actually both prophesied, but he also spoke blessings over Ishmael and talked about that there's going to, he's going to have 12 sons. And that's exactly what he had. And they are actually going to establish a nation. And that's what we're seeing. So around the world right now, the byproduct that there's 1.8 billion. So if you trace the Muslims of today's world, and this is several thousand years before it was organized as a religion, the decry of Ishmael started long, long time ago. And eventually when Muhammad, as the Muslims would say, peace be upon him, when Muhammad had an encounter with the angel Gabriel and received the al Quran, and they started to organize this as a religion, Islam as a religion that was also connected as one of those roots you have to go back again is Ishmael. And Ishmael made your orphan heart and some of the pain that I have felt in the season, and this is kind of where I want us to going into, and I'm going to look at a couple of scripture verses so you can hear a little bit about the story. But I wanted to take you to Genesis chapter 21 verse 10 to 14. Therefore, she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her, and her son, not his son, but her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. Again, Abraham identified it was very painful. This was his son. And God said to Abraham, do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman. And because he is your seed. So Abram rose early in the morning and took bread and skin of water and putting it on his shoulder, he gave it and he gave the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered into the wilderness. So we see this pattern. And then later on, if we can continue, and the water in the skin was used up, and she placed the bird under one of the shrubs. So Ishmael is out here now in the wilderness. He's old enough to know what's going on, that actually my dad really doesn't want me. So the father wounds and the father deficiency and the father hunger started at that moment. And Ishmael, in a moment, went from being a son of a patriarch to eventually becoming an orphan. Uh, not having a father and with this major major gap on the inside so even the very root and the very cry of Ishmael and you would see it today all over the world and throughout the wilderness and in the desert region among the 1.8 billion God cannot be a father and he cannot have a son Ishmael became a servant he was out there in the wilderness and served and a major orphan spirit Hagar went out and it was dry, there was no water. 
And she cried out to God and then God came in because he heard the cry of Hagar. And it's still interesting that God is still going to send a woman into the wilderness. The picture of that is the bride of Christ, that there's a woman who cares and can hear. And God is hearing the cry of the woman. When the church starts to cry out, and when the church suddenly starts to get concerned that there's 1.8 billion that don't know how good Papa God is and how loved they are, that are still in the wilderness. We also need to understand, just historically speaking, first of all, from a Muslim perspective, one of the top two holidays of the Muslim is connected when they are celebrating Eid. And the one Eid celebration is connected again to they celebrate that Abraham took Ishmael, the oldest son, and laid him at the altar. And that is a huge thing for them. So we need understanding everything that's going on in the Middle East, what's happening between the Palestinian and Israeli, what happens on a geopolitical area, and why there is this tension in the Middle East, where you have this tiny little place called Israel, and there there's a place called Jerusalem. And in this Jerusalem, as I say, there's been this tension that has been going on, and it's still going on today. And it's connected to further back, going to that very seed of the, the, the difference between one religion where we say Ishmael is the promise and it is out of that both the rule and the reign and the favor of Allah or God. The other one says Isaac and of course most Christians has coming into an agreement that okay Isaac is the one. He was the one that God made a covenant but he also blessed Ishmael. But the tendency that we have to do in the orphan world is that we are creating then a divorce between Isaac and Ishmael. So then what we're saying that then Isaac has to be good and Ishmael has to be bad. One has to be right, the other one has to be wrong because we do not realize that so much of the missiology is then leaned towards the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And we're going to choose which one is the good branch and which one is the evil branch instead of the tree of life. So the importance, what I'm trying to do in this session, there's something in my heart, but also for any one of us that we have to realize we need to realize in the Father's love, a God that loves the world so much, and that's including the Gentiles. And among the Gentiles, the Muslim and Ishmael is so much part of that. But I want us just to capture the cry of Ishmael because that's what I'm hearing in the wilderness in this season. If we are seeing the Al-Shabaab and these brutalized boys that are cutting off heads and arms in Mozambique right now, or what we saw with ISIS, or what we have seen with Al-Qaeda or the Taliban and many of these different streams, including what is going on now with the Hezbollah in the Middle, Middle East, they, 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 we see maybe some of the terrorism, which is a small little percent of the house of Ishmael. Less than 7% would be radically inclined in regarding to do, doing some of those evil action. But in the middle of it, there is this heart cry and there is this longing. But until we as a church coming in, just like as I said with Ishmael, that the cry of Ishmael and the cry of a Hagar that are willing to start to intercede and then coming in and genuinely love this boy, then God provided supernatural water for Ishmael in the wilderness and he prosper and we see what is happening now throughout the Arab land including all of the wealth that king and all the things that God spoke here in Genesis is being fulfilled right in the front of our eyes so the blessings over Ishmael has been there and we often we are cursing it and as a result we do not have access to it and so this has been my cry for 27 years is I'm realizing again and again when I'm hearing 
the cry of Ishmael. He's looking for a father. And that's why we're heading into a season right now where we as a church are starting to pray and we are starting to see a breakthrough and we are seeing Ishmael is coming home. And it is so beautiful to see that as I'm saying that, that all of us, both as covenantal people, that, that uh, God is hearing the cry of the church in the wilderness and it is producing rain. But I want us to see we have to change some of our priority. And I think that most believers didn't even, at least in the Western world, we didn't have much of a view towards Ishmael or couldn't even understand some of the background until eventually September 11, 2001 came in. And then suddenly now uh, we've known about this Taliban. We've heard things happening over there, but it didn't affect us at home. But I remember so clearly in Kilimana, Mozambique, uh, I had just broken my foot. I was coming out of Mozambique and I was landing in South Africa. And as soon as we landed, it was police with guns and machine guns everywhere. And it was just was chaos. And I saw up on the screens, that's when you saw these airplanes that flew into buildings. I had already at that time period for about almost six years, I'd already going into a, a lot of the Muslim world. And I knew it was going to change my life because suddenly now people are feeling that the, the anger, anger towards Ishmael, anger towards Esau, anger towards this very stream. And I knew that what is about to affect, it's going to affect all of us. But now people were aware of, wow, we, we are aware of this, not just something that is happening over there, but why could somebody going into an airplane, flying into buildings, and then eventually cause so much destruction and fear and hatred. So the whole world then got involved and we started this war that had costed trillions of dollars. Well, we have had an opportunity as a church to actually turn on the light, to, to, to be eventually invest in love. And still today, where our treasure is, is where our heart is. And only 50 cents out of every hundred dollars is actually invested to reach what's number one on God's priority list. And that is that the people that have not heard the gospel. Somebody sent me just a little picture, one group, 11 and a half million, they are actually hidden away in Pakistan. 11 and a half million just of this one ethnic group that in the Bible, they're going to be in heaven. But for them to be in heaven, they have to meet Jesus on earth. But they've never once heard the name of Jesus. I'm working with one group where there's over 40 some million people. They have not experienced this living water that Ishmael got in the wilderness. But God is hearing the cry in this season. We're heading into one little country. I'm heading in there in August. And again, people say, why are you doing that? Why don't you just go to Guatemala or go to Costa Rica or go to Kenya or Rwanda or somewhere else? Because those places have access to the gospel. If they do want Jesus in those places, they've had Jesus, uh, the Bible has been translated into their language. If they are looking or longing for Jesus, they do have an opportunity. But uh, these people within, especially what we call the 1040 window, 10 degrees to 40 degrees north of equator and across, that window is still so dark. And we've had all the resources, but part of what I'm trying to do in some of the educational part of this is for us to capture the heart of God in this season and then eventually to see that we start to invest in love. We start to invest in life because what happened in September 11, it, it, it's not, I mean, it's just the beginning of, of something that we're going to see more and more of, of horrific evil taking place in the world, but we do not have a darkness problem, but lack of light. But I do also know for a fact that there's going to be over a billion Muslims that is going to have an encounter with Jesus. 
And the thing that saddens me a little bit, I'm very excited about what Jesus is doing in Iran, in Pakistan, in Saudi Arabia and other places, that Jesus himself is appearing before Muslims. But what saddens me is that he invited us to go. And even when we are not going, he is going because of his love for them. So why would they have to have angelic visitation? Why would they have had Jesus appearing when we are supposed to represent him? But since we don't, he still loved them so much that he is appearing before them. And now when they are coming to us, what are we doing with it? So the harvest is so ripe. But we do need harvesters that love and love Ishmael well. And I want the, this cry of Ishmael in the wilderness, this orphan heart and the cry He's looking for a father. He's looking for a family. He's looking for a home, looking for a God that looks like Jesus. And that cry is what I've been hearing lately. This is part of the reason that I'm reorganizing my life and again, investing in love. So in August, I'm gonna head into a country that uh, I do not know among this, there's millions, but there's 0% born again Christian. Meaning that all these people that are living in this darkness, they have not yet heard the light. But here we have an opportunity to pray into this. We have an opportunity to sow into it. So every one of us can sow. I thought about if we just as churches and believers, even if we gave 1% of our income investing in the number one harvest field in the world, the number one thing that is eventually going to cause jealousy among the Jews, the Bible says, so the fullness of Gentiles comes in. That's in Romans chapter 10. So what's about to happen now as we're moving into this next scene, there's a renewal, refreshing, and we're going to talk about that taking place. And it's beautiful. But out of that, there's always a mission movement. But there is going to be a cry. There's going to be a mission movement that is going to touch Ishmael in the end time. And I know that because I read the book of ending. I saw in the book of Revelation. And here you're going to see them. There is... There they are, represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language, and they are worshiping Jesus. So there's going to be an outpouring throughout the Muslim world. And when the Palestinians, the Iranians, and the Syrians, and all of those are experiencing Jesus because God's people are stepping in and joining him, what he is doing, that's what's going to cause jealousy among the Jews that is going to usher in the second coming of Jesus. This is what Global Mission Awareness, we are, we are about making sure that everybody knows how good Papa God is and how loved they are. This is one of the reasons when people don't understand always why I will focus on so much and make sure that his last command is our first priority. So Ishmael, there is a cry in the wilderness and there is this void in his heart and the only way that void is going to be filled is for the tsunami wave of love to touch him. That's why I was so encouraged when I heard about all those Muslims in this last season. And I know there's the ripeness when Jesus is going and appearing before them. But right after the encounter with Jesus, when I asked them about Jesus, they start to describe it. But when they're talking about the Father, the face starts to glow. They met Papa. They met the Father. The Father deficiency, the Father hunger, the fatherlessness is going to be gone. And they are stepping into an identity as also becoming beloved sons and daughters together with Isaac and together with Ishmael. This was the dream of the patriarch of our faith, of Abraham. This is the dream of Papa God who loves the Muslims so much that he gave his only begotten son. 
This was the dream of Jesus when he left heaven to come down, not just for you and I, but also for all the 1.8 billion people that if you trace it all the way back to the very cry of Ishmael. So I want to ask you just to pray with me about this. I don't know if you're a school teacher or if you're a car mechanic, it doesn't matter what you are, but what I do believe that every one of us can start to pray into this and hearing the cry of Ishmael, perhaps even take some times in Genesis 21 and look through some of the scripture verses that just capture the promises that God has over Ishmael. There's so much at stake. Would you invest in love? Would you join us in this by praying? Perhaps if you're not a partner, I also would challenge you to invest in this. Uh, like we have a whole group of people right now that's becoming love partners. They're doing $100 a month. And we can actually have an indigenous pastor on the front line. We just ordained another 200 in Pakistan. But throughout the Middle East, we are turning these lighthouses of love to eventually to provide fresh bread, living water, to be able to bring healing and wholeness. And they need it. The next generation needs it. And also, I want you to pray with me specifically. There's all these young justices in today. Ishmael would have been a Gen Z. And I feel all over the Muslim world when I see them. They are like lost sheep without a shepherd. They're out there. And our children is going to face them in the future if we do not bring the light and the love. And lately, I've been so broken. And I have a friend going over to the Middle East, actually today. And he's actually going to bring this light and bringing the love. But I says, don't forget the next generation. Over 50% of the population are younger than 30 years old. So that will be another investment for us. Let's invest in the next generation. Let them have an encounter with a God that looks like Jesus. Let them experiencing and taste to see how good God is. Let the goodness and the kindness and the mercy and the compassion of God touch them in such a way that they will experience it. They will experience it, the very longing for belonging that they have had. They have not yet rejected Jesus. They've just rejected a lot of the versions that look like religion. Instead of a relationship with a Jesus, when he appears, they gladly surrender to him. But what is the will of the Father is that you and I that we will take the good news, we will take the gospel, we will heal the sick, we will touch these people that seems to be untouchable to so many different people and let them experience that they are deeply loved by the Father. You're not alone, Ishmael, any longer. You may be out there in the wilderness crying, but it is the Father that has heard your cry. And we as a church are feeling the cry of the Father. I want my family back. I don't want Ishmael to be out there alone any longer. I want Ishmael to come home. Come home, Ishmael. That is the cry of the father. That's the cry of the sons and daughters that can hear. And just like Isaiah said, Isaiah 6 says, Here am I, send me. We're just making ourselves available to be an answer. So, Father, I just bless everyone that are listening. I just ask there's going to be a new stir, a new mission virus that is going to spread. For the next generation, I ask that there's going to be lay down lovers, just like the Moravians that were so much on fire. That there's going to be a new prayer movement that we already are seeing. And I thank you for all those people that are already right now all over, not just in America, but throughout the world that are just falling in love with you again, Jesus. They're back to the first love. But it also starts to love what you love the most. And you do want to make sure that nobody perish. 
but that everybody is going to have everlasting life. So bless each one of us with that mission virus. I ask that the eternal realm is going, is going to be our internal realm so that we are able to bring transformation to the external realm. I bless that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I'm going to have that continue this conversation with us, but in Jesus' name, let a dove rest upon you as we are bringing in the one billion sons and daughter harvest. It is ripe, and I thank you for being one of the harvesters that is bringing it in. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.